What's up, everybody out there listening? This is your favorite hostess, Crystal Sun of Be The Vibe Radio. It is November 5th, 2020. Um, we are in the middle of a presidential election that is wild. <laughs> I just posted about that <clears throat> on my Facebook. I just literally just posted and saying how the best thing about this election is all the memes, because these memes and have been like the internet has has had no chill when it's come to this election. This shit has been so funny to me. Um, but that is not what this episode is about. Actually, um, I haven't been really doing a lot of episodes since I opened Simbi's Conjure, and I've just been busy, you know, getting acclimated to being a store owner. And running an actual storefront. But I have had so many ideas of things that I want to talk about with y'all. So I am back in my groove of doing podcasts. Um, we are officially into the second season of Be The Vibe Radio. We've been at it for a year. Yay! Congratulations to us. Um, and just our growing listenership and support. So yeah, I... Got a lot of topics I want to cover. And as I've been reflecting about the growth and progression of Be The Vibe Radio, of this podcast, you know, I originally set out to just just talk about all things spiritual and just any other, you know, things that that just uh, inspire me. But I kind of feel like I've gotten a little bit away from the original intention of... um, this podcast, which was to talk and just share more tips about spirituality, just based off of my own journey and just um, answering like basic questions, talking about basic things. So that is kind of what I want to do. I want to start pumping out some more episodes that are just getting back to basics, right? So that is what this tonight's episode or this evening's episode, because I'm recording this in the evening, um, is going to be about. I got my my cup of tea. Um, dandelion and red raspberry leaf tea. I am about to light this pre-roll for my sis, Zuli, who's owner of Urban Herbals. If you haven't hit her website or her Instagram and purchased her stuff, you're missing out. Sis has, is first of all, Sis with Urban Herbals is hands down like the most knowledgeable herbalist that I know um and she makes amazing tinctures amazing pre-rolls amazing tea blends so i'm going to be lighting this drinking my tea and i am going to be talking to y'all tonight so tonight's topic is the essentials of mediumship hold on let me light this so Yeah, I get a lot of questions, especially recently since I've been teaching this language of tarot course. I get a lot of questions from people wanting to know how to develop their mediumship. Um, So I feel like it'd be a great topic for conversation just to kind of put some tips out there for you all, for those of you who are wanting to develop your mediumship. Now, um, you know, what is a medium? Let's talk about that first. A medium, there is... a, a. there is a difference between a medium and a psychic. Um, basically, a medium is a type of psychic, okay? Mediums specifically communicate with the spiritual realm. Mediums specifically communicate with the dead, if you want to be more specific. Um, spirit guides, ancestors, angels, just, you know, uh, beings from other realms, from the spiritual realm. That is what a medium is, okay? <clears throat> I am a medium. I have been a medium my whole life. So my story is that I was born this way. (laughs) I definitely was born this way. Um, My story is, um, you know, my mother taught, and I think I've shared this in other episodes um, when I share parts of my journey, but, you know, I was always uh, the type of child that could read people really well. And so... Um, you know, I was very unfiltered with that as a child. And then it, when I hit 10 years old, um, I started having dreams that come true, like prophetic dreams. So this started at 10 and then it just never stopped. Like to this day, it's my main 
form of mediumship is prophetic dreaming. Um, and then recently over time, I've been able to um, carry that over into the waking state. Meaning that now I can hear spirits, see spirits, um, you know, my intuition's heightened, my discernment is super strong, I can read, I could still read people, that's something that never went away. Um, and, you know, and it also shows up when I do Reiki, you know, when I do energy healing on people, I can, I, I can pinpoint certain things that are specifically going on in the body and et cetera, et cetera. So, um... You know, that's that's just been my journey with it. Um, I started really kind of really my mediumship is what would put me on the spiritual path because it was a matter of me wanting to understand myself. Um, it was a matter of me wanting to figure out what the hell this shit is, because to be honest with you, if, if you don't have an understanding of it and support and a proper um, regiment around it, it, it could drive you crazy. You know, I've seen mediums and, and spiritual people have psychotic breaks, which is the reason why I'm so big on mental health um, within these practices. Um, it's very easy to get lost in reality or to lose a grip on reality as a medium, as a psychic, as an intuitive, as an empath. Um so, you know, you have to work extra diligently. So because of, you know, me having these um, different things going on with me, that's really what started me on my path to like my spiritual path, which, you know, when I'm in has led me to where I'm at now. But, you know, leading up to that, it's very easy to feel like you're alone. You know, it's it's very easy to feel like no one can understand what you're experiencing. Um, not everybody's a medium. You know, you have a high amount of empaths. And a high, uh, a high amount of people who are psychic in other areas. But mediumship is not uh, just this common thing. So um, a lot of times, you know, you have experiences that other people can't relate to. Sometimes you have experiences that make you feel like you're crazy. Um, or other people that tell you you're crazy. It's a lot with it. So um, my main thing more than anything with this particular episode is to one that you know for those of you who have these gifts or have these experiences that one you're not crazy at all there's nothing wrong with you but two to give you tips on how to manage it and develop it to where it's a tool that's useful to you as opposed to being a detriment because a lot of people you know they feel like it's a detriment a lot of people want it to go away they want it to turn off they don't want to deal with it they're scared of it and there, you know, you shouldn't be scared of something that's a part of you. You, should, you know, everything about you, I say this in, in, in a lot of my episodes, everything that we have is useful. It's just a matter of being able to channel it correctly, to, 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 to direct it correctly. So I'm just going to give you, you know, a, a rundown of just different essentials of mediumship, um, things that are very necessary in order to be able to manage this and, and deal with this gift. So let's start with number one. This is the foundation, okay? The first essential of mediumship is meditation. You gotta meditate. <laughs> you got to, got to, got to meditate for so many different reasons. You know, um, with meditation, first of all, meditation is a practice that I started with before I was doing anything and anything else and any other practices and other, any other spiritual stuff. I was a avid practicing buddhist that still is my spiritual foundation anytime things get too complicated to me i always cut everything out and um go back to basics which for me is meditation sitting your ass on the mat and silencing yourself silencing everything around you and just sitting okay Go, you know, I have my ass at monasteries. I have my ass at meditation retreats. It, you know, there's so many benefits to meditation. First of all, it grounds you. Um, it allows you to focus. It allows you to sit and listen and hear. That's when you start to hear. It raises your vibration. It puts you in alignment with yourself and and and, and certain beings, um, higher vibrational beings for you to commune with. Um, it settles your mood. It causes you to be less reactionary. Like, it's so essential. So, honestly, I don't know how any... I don't feel like any person could be an effective medium if they're not doing some type of meditation. Even if it's not formally sitting on a, a mat, 
just sitting on a chair or your couch or whatever in silence for like three to five minutes. It ain't even got to be nothing major. Um, but meditation is key. And I even noticed that even for me, when I'm not meditating every day, it changes my um, it, it shifts or it, it does affect my, my abilities and what I can and can't do and what I can and can't handle. Um, <clears throat> the other reason why meditation is important is because it teaches you, if you're meditating correctly, using the right techniques, it teaches you how to be in the present moment and connected with your body. Your body responses to things are your first indication of your discernment and it's your first <clears throat> and truest uh, indicator of, of of what you're sensing around you, right? But sometimes, you know, we're, we're always going so fast and you know, distracted that we're not even aware of our bodies, you know? Our bodies are going to tell us if somebody's lying to us or not. Our bodies are going to tell us if we're in the right environment or not. Our bodies are going to tell us something is for us or not or against us or with us, you know? So the only way to really connect fully with our bodies is to sit with our bodies in meditation and, and breathing. So um, <clears throat> I know there's so many meditation resources out there. Um, I know for me, when I first started, I uh, spiritrock.org is a great resource. <clears throat> Excuse me. And <clears throat> now that, you know, everything is affected with COVID, they are, they've shifted to a completely online, <clears throat> online platform. So... <clears throat> They gave a lot of their meditation classes, um, you know, virtually now. So there, you know, I used to do my meditation man annual meditation retreats with them every year. They're a great resource. Um, if you're looking for podcasts that do a guided meditations, um, audiodharma.org. Um, and so, yeah, it's audio, A-U-D-I-O. Dharma is D-H-A-R-M-A dot org. So spiritrock.org and audiodharma.org. Those are my recommended resources for meditation. Um, they're in the Tibetan tradition of meditation. Um, uh, Maharana, I think it is. It's called something with that. Something along those lines. Um, but there, it's a, along the, the, the Tibetan Buddhist um, lineage of uh, meditation. So, yes, start there. Definitely, definitely start there with the meditation. Next essential, self-care and mental health, okay? Um, because a couple reasons. I mean, it really should be self-evident why self-care and your mental health is, is are developing or cultivating your mental health is important as a medium. But, um what ends up happening is that once you start developing your mediumship, you start to open yourself up more. And, you know, mediums, we're already empaths. So we're already feeling everything all the time, even without being developed in it. And, you know, a lot of times we're drained. Our health is affected because we're affected by our environments, etc. Um and then but then but once you really start developing the mediumship you're opening up a lot of portals and you're attracting a lot of things to you and if you're not um if you're not if you're not solid in your mental health it can really i mean for lack of a better term fuck you up um you know i know a lot of mediums that don't have boundaries you got to have boundaries in this you know, you have to cultivate boundaries with people and spirits. Because let me tell you, spirits will run all over you. And I'm going to talk more about spirits a little bit later. Once you start communicating with, with the dead or, you know, or deities or whatever. Well, not so much deities, especially if it's in the religious aspect of things. Um, but specifically, the the dead um, if you they will, will take advantage and run all over you the same way people do or would. So, you know, you have to have, you know, your boundaries in place. You've got to be able to turn that stuff on and off. You have to be able to differentiate between reality, you know, the, the spiritual realm. I don't want to say reality and, and not because the spiritual realm is is also another reality. 
but you need to be able to differentiate between the spiritual realm and the physical realm and and turn and know a time and a place for things like I me personally I can't be around nothing but spiritual people you know because I don't want to be in that space all the time I don't want to always have deep conversations I don't want everything I don't want to always have to look for the symbolism behind every little thing that happens you know it just puts you in a space where you're not fully connected with or grounded you're not fully connected with you know, the earth and you're not grounded at all. So, you know, you have to check all of that. Self-care, you know, protect your energy, energetic hygiene, setting boundaries, taking breaks, taking rests, um, you know, being okay with disassociating from certain people in certain situations. Um, regular body work, yoga, um, tai chi, massages, spas, like just, you know, um, you know, grooming and different things like that. Mental health, seeing a therapist, you know what I'm saying? I'm all for seeing a therapist. Um, fuck, I have a therapist, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I'm I'm all for going to a counselor and talking things out. Um, because a lot of times, too, what ends up happening is, you know, your issues start coming up. Your issues come up in everything that we do, especially if it's in a spiritual path. So, you know... I've seen people where their issues show up in a, in a Misa and I'll talk about, I probably will do a whole separate show about Misas, but you know, you're we're supposed to be having a Misa and then all of a sudden it goes haywire because their personal issues pop up that, you know, that they're bringing into the spiritual space with these strangers. I've seen, I've seen mediums and psychics have psychotic breaks and you know go on social media and just be very erratic and you know you're just like yo what is going on having bipolar episodes you know there's there's psychics that are schizophrenic and they're not addressing that you know so a lot of these psychic and these spiritual people are drug addicts they just take ayahuasca and shrooms instead of coke and (laughs) meth you know what i'm saying but they rely on mind-altering substances, and then they're already open when they're not on these substances. So there's all these dangers of being in this realm without having the proper self-care and the proper mental health cultivation. So once you sit, you're able to sit down and meditate, you should also sit down and, and, and get on your mental health, address your issues, get on your self-care, making sure you're prioritizing yourself first. Um, before you get into any of these other essentials I'm about to I'm about to continue on with. So once you get your meditation and your your self-care and your mental health down, um, the next essential is start with the basics. You know, so a lot of times, and I know I did this too when I first started. Um, you know, once we start really kind of doing our spiritual work and wanting to open ourselves up, you know, to, to, uh, other things, we, we want to build these altars and then we want to build multiple altars or we want to have one big elaborate altar that's got everything in the world, but what we need. <laughs> Here's the thing, the tricky thing about altars. Um, you, it doesn't make sense to build altars until we know it's not practical, nor is it beneficial to build altars until we know what spirits we we're working with, what spirits are in our spiritual frame. And if we're just starting out as mediums, we don't know that shit. You know what I'm saying? So then that's how you got people building all these altars to these different deeds, using different spirits that don't even have nothing to do with them. And then they wonder why they're, it's quiet or why things are not manifesting, right? So when I say start with the basics... The introductory altars, if you're going to build any altar, you would need to start with either an ancestor altar or a bovida. Okay, and I'm going to explain the difference. An ancestor altar is is self-explanatory. It is a a space that is dedicated to your uh, uh, blood family that has passed away. Okay, um, a lot of times people say to focus on your elevated ancestors or you at least want to focus on your ancestors that are a good repute or that you've had good relationships with, you know, and I'm not going to get into a whole thing about ancestor altars because I, one of my first few episodes was about ancestor altars. Um, I also have a YouTube video about ancestor altars and I also help people build their ancestor altars. So I'm not, I'm not going to make this episode and go into detail about that, but 
The reason why you want to start with your ancestor altar as a medium is because oh, that's your people. That's your it's your p it's your bloodline. They're the ones that are going to um, protect you, which is another aspect of mediumship, and I'm gonna get into a little bit further along the list. Um, they're gonna open the door to what is meant for you. They're gonna allow other spirits to come in and, and commune with you because this is the thing people mess up. Um, they don't. A lot of people don't realize that their ancestors. If it wasn't for their ancestors they wouldn't be have access to any of these other spirits and deities. Your ancestors are the ones that open and close the door for these other spirits to talk to you. Okay? I mean, of course, you have your gatekeeper spirits too, which is, I'm going to talk about that as well. But your ancestors are the ones that are checking people at the door. Okay? So, um, you you know, it, it it's to your benefit to connect with them first. It's easy because they're your people. You're already familiar with them. And they're your protection, okay? They're also, as easily as they open the door, they're going to close the door for anything um, that may be harmful. You know, they're going to prevent it from, from entering in and, and um, getting to you. So, um, that's the ancestor altar. Now, Boveda, um, or Boveda, you know, I say it the different, you know, I have different ways of saying it, but basically it's something that's used in, in spiritism and it is a altar. Some people treat their Boveda as an ancestor altar and a spirit God altar. For me personally, I separate mine. So I have a separate altar for my ancestors or my egun, and I have a separate space for my bovida. And the bovida is dedicated to spirit guides. Okay, um, and so these are these are the spirits that are that used to be alive. They're dead. They're dead spirits um, as well, but they're not of your bloodline. So that's the difference between your spirit guides and your ancestors. Okay, but with your spirit guides. Um, but they're what we call, you know, your spiritual core or your spiritual frame. So you can set up an altar for them because then at that point, that's going to be the point of, 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 of entry for you to be able to commune with your own spirit guides. When you develop a good relationship with your own spirit guides, they're going to be the ones that are going to give you messages and to help you increase your mediumship. Let me tell y'all, when I set up a Boveda and I started really working and elevating my spirit guides, my mediumship shot through the fucking roof. Um, like my dreaming, my wake, that's how I was able to trans translate it into the waking state. Me being able to hear things, see things, smell things, the type of stuff they were telling me, the type of stuff they were showing me. Um, I started developing other, um, other gifts. Um, you know, of being mounted or possessed by spirit, um, you know, just other, all these other things, you know, going into trance, all that. So that that came by way of me working and having a bovida. Um, if you are a medium and you're starting out, if you start out with just those two things, an ancestor altar and a bovida, you can combine them if you want. I know I only have mine separate because my spirits, they don't like to share the space. My ancestors and my spirit guides, but some people have ancestors and spirit guides that don't mind. So however you feel, you know, with that. But if you start with those, you, that, you, it would be so beneficial. Like, that is the next essential. <laughs> and really, if you could just work with those as a medium, you really wouldn't need much else, really, to be honest, if we're talking about the aspects of mediumship. And then another essential is that you got to practice. You know, um, psychic ability is a muscle. And like any muscle, you have to be able to use it. You know, you have to use it and, and exercise it regularly in order to strengthen it, Right. Um, so I went through a period where my, um, mediumship wasn't as strong and it was a little, it was very much stunted. And this was the period of where I was in college. So from the time I was about maybe 19 until maybe about the time I was, um, pretty much going like well into maybe a year after I graduated college. So from 19 till about... 
23, maybe about 24, my psychic abilities were stunted because I wasn't practicing them. Um, I was focused on other things. I was in college. I was working multiple jobs. I wasn't doing anything spiritual. You know, I wasn't doing anything spiritual at all. Um, I didn't have any spirit, any, any habits or, you know, like I wasn't meditating. I wasn't into any of that. Um, so my gifts, they weren't, it wasn't that they were gone. They just weren't really showing up a whole lot. Um, and then once I graduated and then I ended up moving to Las Vegas and I started getting into back into my spirituality, um, that's when my gifts started to, um, resurface on a deeper level so you have to have to have to practice your mediumship and there's a lot of ways to do it you could do misas which i'm gonna for those of you who don't know what misas are you know um or you can attend a misa um you know i'll probably do another podcast or maybe do a a blog article about misas but you can do those so pick up some type of divination um for me it's it was tarot from tarot it went to oracle cards and reading bones and reading wax and reading runes and you know there's so many you can read tobacco you can read tea leaves you can um you know there you can there's all kinds of ways to to divine using playing cards like you could pretty much turn anything into a divination but if you have practiced some type of divination system that's going to automatically cultivate your and and uh and strengthen your psychic abilities um there's psychic development techniques there's books um so many books on how to develop your your psychic abilities and your intuition um i know that there's one technique that people use where they wake up and as soon as they wake up they think about three things three random things like a cat a shoe you know like a it's usually specific so like an orange cat um, a red shoe and a green key or something. And then what they do is they go throughout the day noticing if those things show up. It's um it's a precognitive exercise. Um and most of the time, you know, those those things will show up and it'll be so specific but so random too. You know, and then over time, like you, you know, it, it gets stronger and it gets more to where, you know, you're able to at that point, you get to a certain point where you can uh, predict future events using that precognitive exercise. So, you know, there's those those types of things. Um, picking up an energy healing modality such as Reiki or pranic healing, you know, um, Tantra, those definitely increase your, your psychic abilities and your mediumship. Um, like I said, one of my gifts is when I do Reiki, um, well, actually, that's what started me. That's what made me actually get Reiki um, certified. Because I noticed that before that, when I was with people, if I would touch people, I would automatically know where they were having pains in their body. Or if there was something going on, if I hugged them or if I, you know, if I was being um, intimate with the partner and I would go to certain parts of their bodies and just know certain things. So... When I realized I had that touching gift, I went ahead and I got Reiki certified. Um, and then, so then when I do Reiki sessions, people's spirit guides show up. I get messages for people in, during Reiki sessions. Um, I'm able to, you know, put my hands over their bodies and can tell, okay, yeah, this is an area of concern. This is what they need, you know, different things like that. So, you know, those energy um Healing techniques and modalities definitely do wonders for developing your mediumship. And then something else that's essential. Um, While I'm over here lighting my sage. Um, Something else that's essential is faith and fearlessness. Um, You can't be a medium and be scared. You know, I see a lot of people, you know, they'll come and they'll talk to me and they'll say, you know, yeah, I see things and... You know, I want to, you know, but I'm scared or, you know, I want to open up that door, open up that portal, but I'm scared. You can't be scared with this, you know, because I'm going to be real honest with you. You see some weird shit as a medium. (laughs) You have to be ready for that. You know what I'm saying? So that's another aspect, too. Like if you got any type of fear, that's just kind of what, you know, that goes back to working on your, your mental health. Part of that mental health work is pinpointing like what are your fears what are you afraid of and why you know what i'm saying because at the end of the day 
we're and when we commune with spirits in the in the physical realm we have the ability to command so if you know you could tell them to go you could tell them you can you can call them you can banish them you can do things you know you could you could tell them what you what they can do and what they can't do like you could put parameters around spirits you can command spirits you know what i'm saying so there's nothing to be afraid of unless you're really just doing into some shit where you fucking with some spirits that you really ain't got no business fucking with and that's a whole other conversation but yes, I mean, you know, for the most part, when you're dealing with these spirits, you have the upper hand, especially if you have the proper training. So my point is you you got to be fearless in this because you got to expect to see anything, experience anything. Let me tell you how many times I can't tell you how many times I've woken up in the middle of the night and seen somebody sitting on my bed or standing in the corner, you know, of the bed of the room, you know, in the shadows, like especially if I'm in a space that's not mine. Um, now, I, I realize I do have a specific spirit guide that watches over me at night. And so she's the one that I started seeing. Um, you know, when I recognized and realized who she was, I'm like, oh, OK, that's who watches me at night. That's who watches over me and whatever. Um, I've been in other people's houses where I've seen things in corners and things walking around. And, you know, like you got to be prepared for that. And you, I got to a point where I just got used to it. You know, I was like, okay, well, this is just what it is. I need to just start getting used to it. Um, a lot of times I track them because they know I can see them. Um, and so, but if I'm not paying them no attention, no mind, if, not, if I'm not acting afraid or really giving into it, you know, they go away or they leave me be. I've never had a spirit come and try to harm me. Um... You know, I've never, you know, people, it's like, it goes back to like these scary movies and how they kind of will got have you thinking all kinds of shit. Like these spirits are going to come and pull your hair and scratch you and gouge your eyes out and shit. You know, like, no. <laughs> so at the end of the day, there's nothing to be afraid of, especially because a lot of times these spirits are your people. A lot of times people are like, oh, I see these shadows, but these shadows are like your grandma, your ancestor, or... Your 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 spiritual guide, you know, your whoever that walks with you, they're, they're they're yours. They belong to you. That's what you're seeing. So it's like if they're a part of you or of your lineage, why are you afraid? So you have to release the fear because what's going to happen is the spirits they don't like to startle us. So if they know that we're afraid, they're not going to come and talk to us. They're not going to come and commune with us. They're not going to interact with us because they don't want to scare us. Um. On the other side of that, you got to have faith. You have to trust what is it you're seeing. Which, trust what is it you're hearing. Um, trust yourself and your own abilities. That's a, And have confidence in your gifts. That's another big part of mediumship. Another essential of having your psychic development. Um, because, you know, there's energy behind that. You know, whenever we're in a Misa and somebody gives a message that is true or is received we say loose or light but you know um and that it's a way of acknowledging the message to to let the spirit that's passing it know that that it's 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 truth that it's we believe it it gives and it gives energy to that spirit it fuels that spirit because that's basically a saying that, you know, we have faith in this message, that this message is true. So there's power behind faith. Like it's, you know, faith is a big part of spirituality. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, that's why the Bible verse works without faith is dead or faith without works is dead. Yeah, I think I had it backwards. <laughs> Either way, you got to have faith in what you're doing, basically, is what I'm saying. So that that is such an important part. So for those who don't have faith, that's something you got to work on in in this um in this journey. And the spirits will check you on it. They'll know if you're not speaking from the heart, if you're not moving from the heart, if you're not if you're skeptical. I had a spirit come down and tell me, call me out for being skeptical. You know what I'm saying? And I say this cuz I'm guilty of it. You know, like I'm spiritual, but I'm also a critical thinker and I'm very much um, 
about I'm very scientific in nature. I'm very science minded. So I need to have receipts. I need to have experience, proof, lived what experience I need. Um, the, the scientific breakdown. Yes, you can scientifically break down spiritual experiences. Okay. Um, but I have been called out about that. And it was a reminder for me not to lean too much in that, into that. You know what I'm saying? Like trust in the spirits. But the trust only happens really when you are familiar, you know who they are, you know, um, and you are uh, fully versed in what it is that you're dealing with. Another essential of mediumship, which I've um, talked about a little bit earlier, is protection. You got to protect yourself. You can't be too open. Um, like I said, you will start to attract people to you. You will who want to feed off your energy. You will start to attract people or spirits to you that know that you can see them and, you know, commune with them. Um, so you got to you got to protect yourself. So, like I said, the, the ancestor altars do it. Um, you know, you can wear certain things, um, you know, you to, to, to keep things off of you, S- regular spiritual cleansings, whether it's a spiritual bath, um, having certain things around your home. Um, some, some mediums need to get initiated in different traditions in order to have the protection of, of Arishas and Lua and deities and things. Um, you know, so just, you got to protect yourself. You, you because it's, you don't want to just leave yourself wide open. You know you definitely don't want to leave yourself wide open. Um, you know I know for me before I started to have a certain level of protection for myself, um, I was going through it as a medium. I was going through it. Um, I, I was just too out there and too accessible. And um, you know a lot of times too, you you do attract jealousy because. You know, people treat mediumship like this magical gift, you know, that's just great and that you have access to all these things. And yes, you do have access to things, but, you know, mediumship comes with a price, too, and it comes with a responsibility. But people who are not in that don't realize that. So, they, you know, people get jealous. People get jealous of your spiritual gifts. So you have to have protection from that as well. So um, really... Um, there really only is so far you can go in mediumship until you start to have the proper type of protection. Um, and the last, last thing, um, that's essential for mediumship. And I'm saving, I save it for last because it's the most important thing is you need to have a familiarity with different types of spirits. Okay, you need to know and reckon be able to recognize trickster spirits. You need to know know the difference between ancestors versus spirit guides. You need to know the and be able to recognize the difference between earthly versus celestial beings. You need to know the difference between families of spirits. You know, Congo versus Indios versus Gypsies. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need to know what you're dealing with. It's so funny. So in the beginning, maybe like some years ago, you know, I um, my main gift is dealing with ancestors. You know, my 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 I'm charged with connecting people with their ancestors. So, um, you know, I was doing I, I was and I still do a lot of work with dealing with particularly ancestors, people's bloodline. Those spirits talk to me very easily you know they they readily speak to me because they know that that's what I'm trying to do is connect them with their people now it's funny because um this was before I was really trained or was fully developed in my mediumship and I remember coming you know meeting with um you know a, a colleague and a friend of mine Ty Shaw and shout out to her I fucking love her um she taught me a lot <laughs> she taught me a lot uh, particularly when it comes to spirituality um, or or being a, a, a proper spiritualist. Her thing was, well, you know, are you sure you're talking to spirit, uh, ancestors? You know, it, it, everybody's not an ancestor. You know, who, which ancestor? 
You know, whose ancestor? Who are they? Where are they from? Which side? Was it grandmother, great grandmother? You know, like, and so her challenging me on that had had made me really sit my ass down and really think about that. Like, you know what? She's right. Like everybody, everything can be an ancestor, right? So then as I started to really develop my mediumship and I started to learn the differences in these different types of spirits, I was like, yo, so, okay, yeah, so this, I'm doing this reading and this, this spirit is coming to me with a message for this person, but no, this isn't an ancestor, this is a spirit guide, you know, but I mean, but, but they, you know, it may come off as a, as an ancestor and, you know, I may, they may present themselves as an ancestor initially because a lot of times we have spirit guides that we inherit and through our family, our bloodline that walk with our family for generations. So, um, so they may be with us so long and have an energy that feels like an ancestor, but this is not a member of their bloodline. So basically, you know, Ty challenging me and really kind of making me think about certain things and, and perfect my craft helped me to be able to better service people by being able to differentiate between who's talking to me or who's giving me these messages for these people that I'm I'm assisting. You know what I'm saying? And that is important, especially when you have people who are coming to you because they want to know who their bloodline is or people who are coming to me because they specifically want to know what spirit guides walk with them. So now I need to be able to tell them, okay, I see this spirit and this is what they are. This is who it is and this is what they look like. But they're telling me they're not an ancestor, they're a spirit guide. They walk with you, you know, on that level. You know, they don't want to be on the ancestor altar. They want to be over here. They don't want to be honored, you know, on the ancestor altar. They want you to go out to the river or the the, the tree or whatever the fuck and, and talk to them there. You know what I'm saying? Like that, those types of specific details are important. But my point is the only way for you to know that is if you know the different types of spirits. You know what I'm saying? Especially because a lot of spirits, you know, there could be a blending. You know, a lot of times some spirits may seem like another, like the other, you know. Um, and so that's very, very, very important. Um, the other thing is you need to know what spirits are tricksters. Because there are spirits that will come and they will pretend to be something just in order to get your energy and the offerings. Especially for those of you who like to make them at them Orisha altars. You know what I'm saying? First of all, at, you know, I'm not a, 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 a Orisha. I'm not a, 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 a crowned priestess in Lukumi. But what I do know is that Orishas don't just come. If you build an altar for an Orisha, they're not, not going to show up that way. If you are a lay person wanting to honor a Orisha, your best bet is to go to their where they dwell. You know, so if it's the ocean for Yemeya, if it's the river for Oshun, if it's the mountaintop for Obatala, you know what I'm saying? Um, or the woods for Ochosi or Ogun, you know, or the, you know, that's your best bet. Um, but to just build just the basic altar with a Orisha statue and think that you're talking to an Orisha, that's not how it works. But what it does happen is that you're going to have a trickster spirit that is going to come and they're going to pretend to be that particular being because you're giving it offerings and you're feeding it liquor and you're giving it food. So you have to understand the difference with the tricksters. You know what I'm saying? You have to be careful when you're dealing with Eshu and Alegua and Papa Legba. You know what I'm saying? Like any uh, gatekeeper spirits are tricksters. You know what I'm saying? So yes, it's so it is ironic because gatekeeper spirits open and close the doors to things. So you do need to address them first before you get into dealing with any of the other access to the other deities. But them them gatekeepers are tricksters. They'll they'll play with you. And if you don't know that or know what you're dealing with, you're gonna be duped. And you're gonna be walking around here thinking that you're channeling something that you're not channeling. And I see that all the time. I see that all the time. So um, the best way to tell the difference with the different types of spirits is, again, um, through Misa's, um, having your bovida, learning the different families of spirits. Um, and, learn, and then once you learn the different families of spirits, learning their nature. You know, um, once you learn their nature, then you can be able to tell what's coming through. For example... 
Um, when I do mediumship sessions, you know, I, 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 and I do them at my home. I'm sitting in front of my own personal shrine. And I'm preparing, you know, I prepare the space. I say the prayers, I, I, I sing whatever the spirits want. Sometimes they start to request certain things and depending on what they're requesting will let me know what type of what family or type of spirits is with the person who's reading I'm about to do. For example, I have some spirits that they'll want um, frankincense and they'll want rose water and holy water. That's Catholic shit. I'm like, okay, this is a Catholic spirit. Like, this is some spirit that's connected to, to Catholicism. Um, you know, a lot of times the Catholic spirits or the, the spirits that are connected to Catholicism are, 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 are slightly more elevated than others. Um, so then I know, okay, I'm dealing with an elevated spirit because they're wanting these particular things. If I have a spirit that wants a machete and a, some rum... Um, and a cigar, then that lets me know, okay, um, this is more of like a hot spirit, a warrior spirit, possibly a Congo spirit, you know, um, um, if I had the biggest thing is to know the type of liquor, you know, cause they'll request certain things. A lot of times gypsy spirits like wine, they like red wine specifically. So if they start, if I start craving red wine before a session, I'm like, okay, this is most likely like a gypsy or um, you know, um, or some type of, um, uh, uh, some, sometimes the, the Madama spirits like the red wine, sometimes the sacred horse spirits like the red wine, you know? So it kind of gives me an idea of pinpointing based off of what they want, because you start to learn the characteristics of these families and spirits, a really good book, um, in order for developing mediumship is called book on mediums by Alan Kardec. And actually, anything written by Alan Kardec is great for developing your mediumship. But what I really like about this book, and it's it's kind of a hard read because it's translated from, I think he was French. So it's translated from French. But, um, and the, the wording is a little weird. But what I do like about it is that it breaks down the different types of spirits. It breaks down the different types of mediumship because, you know, there's those who, are, who can become possessed. There's those who can hear things, can smell things. There's those who can write, you know, they call it, um, I can't remember what it's called, where you go into like a trance, the writing. Um, and then you, you know, and then you, the spirit is, is uh, speaking through you through your writing and you come out and you wrote this whole novel or some shit. Um, you know, then there's the types of mediums that can, can move objects and create illusion. You know, there's, there's all these, so he lists all these different types of mediumship. He lets you know, um, how to identify, um, good spirits versus bad spirits. He, the book lets you know on how to talk to spirits when they come through, how to invoke them, how to get them to leave. Like it's a really good detailed book on, on the topic. So it's called book on mediums by Alan Kardec. Um, and Alan Kardec basically, I mean, there's a lot of books written by him, but he basically is the father of spiritism, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, He's the one that kind of took the whole idea of seances, which is, you know, in the this 1800s, um, you know, 1900s seances were like, a, a, you know, something they did at in parlor parties, like card party, you know, like they would be for entertainment. Um, but he actually took that and made that into an actual um, systemized um, practice, spiritual practice that could be used for the elevation and the growth of both you know, people and their spirits. So anything written by him is going to be beneficial or, um, you know, anybody who's written anything like that, as that was inspired by Alan Kardec will be good about mediumship. So yeah, those are my essentials. Um, you know, I believe that that's a really great framework. I mean, that those, these are all of the things that I utilize in order to, um, help with my mediumship. Um, And then, you know, of course you can, you know, take certain things and if they work for you and then, or leave them if they don't, but at the very least meditation, self-care, mental health work is, is what you need. If you don't do anything else on this list, um, working with your ancestors also essential if you don't do anything else on this list, but 
you know, I really hope that this helps. You know, I really hope this helps, you know, um, all of you out there listening. I hope that it dispels some myths about mediumship. Uh, I hope that it alleviates concerns and fears about mediumship. Um, Even down to possession. A lot of people are afraid of the idea of getting mounted or possessed. It is a little awkward, you know, it is, it, it, it can, it's a lot, I mean, the experience can range in a lot of different ways, depending on what type of spirit mounts you, but at the same time, you, at the end of the day, you have ultimate, um, say so over your sovereign. So if you don't want a spirit to come out, you, you don't have, they don't have to come out. You know what I'm saying? We're not a victim or a slave to these spirits. Um, we're not a victim or a slave to anything. So it like me, if I'm in a situation and I have a spirit. One of my guys is trying to come through. I, I ain't got time. I'm like, look, you're gonna have to come back later. I'm busy. I'm doing. I'm doing regular shit right now. Like I'm doing normal people shit. Like I don't want to give this person this message. I don't want to be mounted. You know what I'm saying? If I have to douse myself a little bit of Florida water and you know walk around or put my feet in the dirt, then I do that. And then, you know, then this it subsides. So, you know, I don't want anybody to come walk around thinking that once you're in the spiritual realm, like, you got to do whatever these spirits want you to do. Because it's not the case. Um, it's a working relationship. It is a interdependent relationship. They need you as much as you need them. So if you put your foot down and you have certain things in place and then you have your practicing and your knowledge and your skills and your experience and you could just go um I mean there's no limits to what you can do with this with your gift you know um for those who have children that are gifted definitely utilize some of these tech techniques you know a lot of these kids are coming in and they got these real powerful gifts of sight you they need to be cultivated you know so I really hope that this helps y'all. Um, you know, I'm going to put some of these um, resources that I talk about. I'm going to post them in the description of this podcast. So the links to like audio dharma and whatnot. Um, I do know I do sell Alan Kardec's books and, and Simbi's Conjure um, book on mediums. And then there is um, the, the prayer books. Um, so the book on selected prayers also is good from Alan Kardec. That book is great for prayers, for elevating your spirit guides. I'm talking anywhere from someone who just died to a, um, you know, spirit that is afflicted to, um, you know, uh, geek asking for, advice and guidance from your spirit guide like he that book has got prayers for every situation in regards to dealing with your spirit guides um so yeah that is all i got i really hope that you guys appreciate this episode um and that's it peace and blessings